Welcome to Blind Date with Knowledge. This is a weekly half-hour talk show featuring Queen's University researchers and scholars. The show seeks to unravel the dynamic world of research at the university by discussing the significance to and benefits of research on everyday lives. I'm Barry Kaplan, the show's host. Blind Date with Knowledge is broadcast on CFRC Radio, 101.9 FM, Campus and Community, Queen's Radio in Kingston, located in Carruthers Hall. All the episodes of Blind Date with Knowledge are available on the CFRC website or the Queen's University Research website at queensu.ca slash research. Today, my guest is Adrian Baranchuk. Dr. Adrian Baranchuk is a professor in the Department of Medicine who studies electrocardiography, sleep apnea, and cardiovascular disease and complex ablation. Since emigrating to Canada in 2003 from Argentina, Dr. Baranchuk has been able to establish himself as a leader in his field, sitting on many journal editorial boards and presenting his research internationally. In collaboration with his students, he recently published an exciting study on the connection between red wine and personal health. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Barry. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, pleasure. Uh, thank you for uh, making the time to uh, be on the uh, Blind Date with Knowledge show. How did you get interested in this? Did you have a, a health problem yourself or someone in your family, or was there a mentor? Like, How, how did you get into that? So I, I got into medicine maybe influenced by my parents, both of them were doctors, uh, none of them cardiologists. And uh, back in in the 80s in Argentina, I felt that call of a need of helping others through through medical sciences. Then um, I thought in a specialty that could help me dealing with urgent situations, and that put me in the in the track of cardiology. And once in cardiology, there was something that was quite difficult to me to understand, which was the mathematical model of cardiac arrhythmias. Hmm. And for some reason, I am always eager to try to understand the things that are more complicated to me, and that applies for science uh, to, to science and, and life. And um, so that led me into into the electrophysiology world. And at a very young age, I've been blessed of having amazing mentors that that were the ones advancing uh, knowledge in this field. And um, this is how my career started. So let's let's dive right into uh, uh, your research. Can you talk to us a little bit about cardiovascular health and electrophysiology? So electrophysiology refers uh, to the electricity of the heart. So the heart contracts about 62 100 bits per minute, depending on, on your fitness, and alterations in the rhythm fall into the category of conditions that electrophysiologists need to treat. Uh, these conditions can be bothersome but benign, or they can be quite serious, leading to sudden cardiac death. Let's turn a little bit to some of your uh, recent research about red wine. Uh, you recently published a paper in the American Heart Association's journal, which is called, the, the name of the magazine is called Circulation. And what it talks about is the relationship between red wine and uh, the possibility, or perhaps you could even make it more strong in your uh, discussion, uh, to, to cardiovascular health. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, th- thank you for your question. Uh, f- first of all, uh, 
Publishing in Circulation, which is the name of, of the journal, is one of our academic career goals for cardiologists. So um, for those interested in research, you have different degrees of importance of journals within the cardiovascular world. And reaching circulation is, is most likely um, your objective in your academic career. Um, when, when we started with this project, I thought that it could be an appropriate project for young students to join me. And I've been very, very happy to identify two individuals, one in the undergraduate program of life sciences and one from the Queens Med School, who embraced this idea of <clears throat> researching the links between, between alcohol and, and cardiovascular health in enough deepness to produce material that could be of sufficient quality to be submitted to circulation. And remember, Barry, that, that submitting to circulation does not mean acceptance. So for people uh, in the field of research, rejection from journals is, is a part of our right. uh, life and our daily frustrations. Um, so this was almost a 14-month project. And uh, Soheib Hasib and Bryce Alexander, these two brilliant young individuals, uh, took this project with ut utmost responsibility. And under my guidance on which were their areas of wine and cardiovascular health that we wanted to, um, to research, we produced finally this paper called Wine and Cardiovascular Health. Um, in this paper, we do a historical review on what has been researched and why. We also invested a considerably large amount of time in trying to identify what the worldwide societies recommend for alcohol consumption, which is an extremely debatable and difficult uh, to research topic. Difficult to research, or is, the, is it that the range of recommendations of what is safe is, is uh, there's a big range? The, you're right. Um, recommendations in cardiovascular health sometimes reach a universality level, meaning what we do in North America, in South America, in Asia, in Africa is exactly the same. For this topic, unfortunately, there was no consensus on how to determine the benefits of alcohol in the cardiovascular system. And as this is a substance that is widely used every day in mostly every table of every part of the continent, trying to reach some degree of consensus on what to recommend is of utmost importance. However, um, there is only one relevant society providing and a strong recommendation on what to do, and we can chat about this later. And there's no consensus on establishing which type of alcohol and which amount needs to be um, uh, ingested in order to only get the benefits aspect of alcohol and not the deleterious aspects of alcohol that I know you know very well. So... I'm dying to hear <laughs> the, the the meat of it, like f as it would affect me as an average person, and what are the the, the positive benefits, and and 
what's the threshold of consumption? That, that's, that's a great question. So uh, the benefits in, in general of red wine uh, um, are derivative from not only the effect of alcohol, but also from other substances that exist in wine, along with the ethanol, the water, and the sugar which are called the phenols or polyphenols. So the phenols can be of two types, and both types, flavonoids and non-flavonoids, have demonstrated in vitro and in vivo to reduce the bad cholesterol, to increase the good cholesterol, um, to reduce the inflammation parameters, and to improve the endothelial function, which is the inner aspect of our vessels and arteries. Which is super interesting is that all these benefits are dose-dependent. Hmm. So what does, what does it mean? That up to certain amount of daily and weekly ingestion, you may benefit from the beneficial aspects of these substances in your blood. While if you cross that threshold, the benefits are counterbalanced by the deleterious effects. And the deleterious effects of alcohol are well known in society. Uh, specifically in the cardiovascular system, you can increase bleeding in your brain. You can produce clots that can be shot, shoot to, to the, uh, shot to the circulation. And you can between other things, destroy your liver and, um, and ruin your life. There is also an association with sudden cardiac death when you cross that threshold that we call light to moderate ingestion. So I'm, I'm sure that you and the audience may be waiting for me to say, well, what is that threshold, Adrian? Right. Just say it for once <laughs> and all. So, and that is one of the complicated areas because different countries have proposed different metrics and different thresholds. So I will try to to summarize this and to explain it explain it in lay terms to arrive to a metric that the audience can use. So the most accepted injection injection per day is 10 grams of ethanol, and that is different from different type of alcoholic beverages. While, um, while beer, the a volume of beer may contain, contain less ethanol than a glass of wine, a glass of wine contains less ethanol than spirits. So specifically for wine, which is the question that I get the most, the American Heart Association is recommending two standard drinks for men a day and one standard drink for women a day. And a standard drink for wine is considered to be in milliliters, a 150 milliliter glass. So one of the classic questions is, can I use any glass <laughs> that I have at home? And the answer is no, because we used to have glasses that, that can host double that dose. Right. So if you're going to measure glass, it has to be a standard small 150 milliliter glass. All the episodes of Blind Date with Knowledge are available on the CFRC website or the Queen's University Research website at queensu.ca research. 
My guest in this episode is Dr. Adrienne Baranchuk, professor and researcher in the Queen's Department of Medicine. One of the goals for Blind Date with Knowledge is to demystify scholarly research and to personalize researchers. As a way of making that goal real for us, I ask every guest on the show to tell us a joke, recite a poem, or an inspirational quotation, or reference a song related to the research or the researcher's motivation. So, Adrian, it's up to you now. So, from from all your questions, this one may be the most uh, challenging to me because, as you know, researchers were a little bit boring people. So, we're not walking the world making jokes. So. Uh, in Should anticipation, <laughs> yeah, that will help us to relax. Um, in anticipation to your to your question, I was looking into into my old quotations and things that I used to say. So I'm going to switch for a second to Spanish for you to have a sense of how it sounds in Spanish. Then I will translate and explain. But there is a quotation in Spanish that says, "Al pan pan, y al vino vino." which literally translate, translates into to the bread, bread, and to the wine, wine. And what does it mean to, to the Latin uh, world, to the bread, bread, and to the wine, wine? It reflects the approach to life where you have to do what you have to do in order to move ahead and succeed. Uh, for my family, coming from South America to Europe first and from Europe to Canada, it took a huge burden, uh, emotional burden, in leaving behind uh, our habits, our friends, our families, to develop a new life in Canada. It is an incredibly successful story because we're super happy to belong to this society and we have embraced um the Canadian culture, but it is a reflection on having to follow your paths and with with determination and decision and to leave behind some good stuff in order to seek for a better life. So that's what al pan pan y al vino vino means in Spanish. Beautiful. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, my guest in this episode of Blind Date with Knowledge has been Dr. Adrian Baranchuk, professor and researcher in the Queen's Department of Medicine. If you have a question about anything related to research that you'd like discussed by, by our guests, or if you have comments about today's conversation with Adrian, please email me, Barry Kaplan, at bdwk at cfrc.ca. Thank you for tuning in. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.